Behind the Mask. I'm EJ, one of your co-hosts, and Lori and T are joining me today so we can talk about episode 55, Massive Resources. Uh, just a friendly reminder that anything discussed in this podcast is not to be used as a diagnosis or replacement for conversations with your own doctors, therapists, psychologists, or other medical professionals. Uh, today, as we alluded to in the previous episode, we're going to talk a little bit about resources, your toolbox, and um, just getting to know things that you may need to know for medical self-care, as well as to help you and other people in your life um, go through challenging times. And I think we're going to start with uh, just talking a little bit about what a uh, toolbox is and um, how you build one. <laughs> so, yes, I realized that we talk about this at church sometimes that once you're involved with a system um, or you've had an experience, we often kind of have jargon that goes with that, you know? And I was like, maybe it would be important to start us off in this episode. Let's identify and not assume that everybody knows what a toolbox means and what it's for and, and how you use it and how you build it. So, the toolbox that we're talking about is what's the one that Sears put out for years or whatever, you know, the craftsman craftsman. Yeah. This is not a craftsman toolbox in the, in the literal sense, but in the metaphorical sense, it is because it's a collection of skills, techniques, um, items, and other suggestions that you can turn to as you need. So that can be mentally, physically, spiritually, um, all of those things. Right. We, we can have multiple toolboxes or we can have one that is compartmentalized. This one is for mental. This one is for spiritual. This one is for, you know, however you choose to do it, this, what we're talking about is your metaphorical craftsman toolbox so that you can address, handle, deal with the things that are going to come up. When I used to be an event coordinator, I would tell people all the time, do you want to know the real reason that you hire me? It's not because you can't handle it. It's not because you can't do it. It's so that you don't have to, so that I can use my, all my tools and skills and resources to help you have an event that is as smooth and happy and and tranquil and whatever you need it to be. But even when you hire me, the skilled professional, right? I think this is important with counselors and doctors and you know all of those other people in our lives, you know. It's not if, it's when. Right. No matter what we do, no matter how much we try and we plan and we you know, set ourselves up for success. Um, I have a friend in my life who hates it when I say that phrase because she knows it's still connected somewhat to my needs and drives from, well, you, but I had somebody else in mind, but because I, I am a self-professed perfectionist um, and, um, you know, I'm always trying to strive for that perfection. Striving for the perfection is not the, the downfall. It's getting enmeshed and admired in it and thinking that nothing can happen unless it is perfect. I saw a meme the other day. It was really amazing, and I'm, I'm going to just paraphrase it. But it's, it basically said, you can't wait around in life for all of the things to be perfect 
or you're never going to live. Right. Not going to happen. Go out and live and then just deal with all the things that come. But how you deal with them successfully is by having a toolbox and by building it. There you go. Toolbox defined. And just a caveat, I don't not like that phrase. I just, I hear it a lot. And sometimes I feel like, again, people don't always know how to use it. And they use it just kind of flippantly. And so you have to be careful with that phrase. Um, but I appreciate the building of a toolbox because I feel like not only has it helped me, but it's helped other people in my life because I've been able to give them things out of my toolbox that has helped them. And I think, you know, we're all um, creatures of habit, but we're also fluid. Things change over time and, you know, and, and, and I'm grateful because people have shared their toolbox with me. Um, it's an ever-changing, ever-evolving thing. And um, I, I, you know, love having tools and I'm always a, I should have been a Boy Scout. <laughs> what is that? The always be prepared or whatever. Because <laughs> um, I'm, I'm constantly talking. Interesting question. Um, yeah, I'm always talking about like, preparing for things and knowing ahead of time what things are going on and I I used to not have a toolbox and then you know being faced with taking care of my parents and not knowing which doctor to turn to because as parents you know they were taking care of going to the doctors and they had specialists and I was like okay see you later you know there was never a lot of keeping track of that stuff and then all of a sudden I had to and I had to know which doctor was who and how long and when was the last time they saw them and what was the reason they saw them. And um, it becomes overwhelming. But to have the tools in your toolbox, it makes it a little easier. So everybody's toolbox is going to look different, too. And there's factors yeah. that play into that. One is just style, like what works for each individual. I mean, if you were to look at my literal toolbox, it's like a mess, right? But it's a shared toolbox. So I, I only claim some fame to that mess, mess, but it also depends on what your profession is or what you do, right? So my right. toolbox is going to have more things in it that have to do with mental health because that happens to be what I do uh, than maybe the next person because they may use, mental health might be in their toolbox, <laughs> but it's not going to be, it's not going to look the same. Um, it's sort of like a woodworker's toolbox versus a mechanic's toolbox. Right. They're going to look different because they need different tools to do the things that they do. And so um, that's also a consideration of, of what this toolbox will look like is what do you need? And the great thing about a toolbox is that you can have more than one set of tools in it. Um, and you can have a tool, like, you know, multiple, you can have a toolbox for emergencies, one that you keep in your car for in case it breaks down. You can have a toolbox for household issues. You can have a toolbox, for, you know, so it's not limited to just one and it's dependent on each individual and what that looks like. Right. So I think that's really important to remember. I agree with that. Um, and it's something that hopefully will constantly be evolving. You'll be adding and taking away and changing, um, accepting, as EJ said, from other people, building skills, letting go, um, all of those things. You may realize that wow, that tool is no longer helping me the way that it used to. So I either need to let it go, adapt it, fix it, you know, mold it to what I currently need now, um, you know, or decide to get rid of that one or give it, pass it on to somebody else. You know, I talk about the fact that I'm, my big thing is I'm constantly trying to leave a legacy well if i'm doing that sometimes what i was currently using in the past is no longer working for me so i have to let that go and then move on to the next one um 
So Tia, I thought it would be good to maybe address. So we have this toolbox, right? How do we, how do, what are some ways that we can build a toolbox, our metaphorical toolbox? Understanding ourselves and what we need. That's a, that's a great place to start. So, you know, if, um, Underst- uh, and when I say understanding ourselves, like what are our strong suits and what are su- what are what are things that aren't or it's just not in our our way our way of doing things or expertise or whatever. So sometimes we, you know, KJ, you kind of alluded to this a little bit ago. Is we have to borrow someone else's tools sometimes. Right. Um, it's like I didn't buy that one when I was at the store. Can I borrow yours? <laughs> you know. <laughs> so so and and so. Sometimes, you know, that's a piece of it, but it, it really is understanding our own needs and, and wants and, and knowing where we need to go and what we need to get. So, and, and knowing when we need to change it up or add to. So, you know, for me, it's my toolbox is probably going to be geared a lot along the lines of what do I need to be a support mm-hmm. uh, at home and, um, financial what are my financial needs what are my medical needs what are my professional needs and um identifying what is going to work and not work uh at least to start off with and then you kind of adapt as you go so you know like i said one of the tools i'm gonna have to dig out of the toolbox is you know a few weeks ago i got a chip in my windshield we were hoping to put it off, but with sub-zero temperatures this morning, I turned my car on, and as it was warming up, that crack just shot straight across my windshield. Now I got to figure out how I'm going to pay for that. Right. So I got to access my tools. I gotta, I gotta look at what my options are, and and so the tool I'm going to be using is communicating. You know, my communication right. and problem-solving tools. And I like what you said in that there's multiple toolboxes, if you will, there's or compartments within if it helps you to have one toolbox and put them all in, you know, however you choose to do it metaphorically, there's multiple options within that. And, and based upon what thing we are currently going through, that will determine where we're pulling from. And, you know, something else that I think was important, and I can't remember if it was AJ or T who mentioned it, but I I think it's important to remember we're, I don't use scientific terms very often or well, but we're organic life forms, right? we are not static. We are constantly changing, growing, adapting, overcoming all of these things. It is a complex system from the head down to the toes, you know, and how it works. And so just our physical bodies are these constantly changing things. And then we live in a constantly changing environment. So just, I think it's important to remember that because sometimes we're like, it's so easy to go into panic mode or, oh my gosh, I'm drowning. Well, maybe I'm not drowning. Maybe I'm just struggling to finish the last mile and somebody's going to come up alongside me. Um, Somebody's going to throw me a life raft. Somebody's going to you know, get in the water and swim with me, you know, whatever it is. I'm just using that as an example, Mm -hmm. but it's a constantly changing thing. And I think sometimes we forget that it's easy to forget that. We also stop learning. Oh yeah. Sometimes we stop Mm -hmm. learning. We start, stop gaining knowledge. So, and what happens then is then when I need to access my tools and I don't know how to use those tools, you know, when I need to unscrew something and I grab a hammer, I'm going to make a mess. You know, I need to understand what tools are going to work for what. And I need to actually use them to do that. Yes. yes. Hopefully not the hammer too often, but, you know, knowing me. Well, it can be a bit obtrusive. <laughs> um, 
I think another thing, so then, so that kind of leads us into how do we build these toolboxes? What, what do we put in them? Where, where do we get this information from? Mm -hmm. So definitely other people. So you have elderly, right? In your life. (laughs) That's a relative thing, depending upon where you are in the, the growing up process physically, mentally, you know, maturity wise, all that stuff. But there's always going to be somebody that's already been there before you. Okay. They're, they're just it's because, you know, um, there's going to be somebody who's had an experience you haven't had. Then there's going to be people in your life who haven't been through what you have because they can't physically, because they've only been on this constantly, evolving planet earth for a limited number of years um you know i'm thinking and referring to you know babies infants even up through the teenage years you just only have so many resources to grasp from because you haven't physically um been able to acquire that many tools yet um and then there's life experience and there's so there's literal like time on the planet and then there's the experiences that you've had, all of the different things, you know, um, trauma then comes in there and messes all that up, um, grief and loss and, um, and then the good stuff, you know, celebrations and babies and families and, and you know, all of the things that we celebrate in life, a beautiful meal, um, you know, uh, a friend's birthday, whatever it is, a great movie. There's so many things that affect all of these things. That's why it's constantly changing. So I think it's important to kind of get an understanding of where you are in that process as you begin to build it. And then I think um, another thing is, I, I know for those of us that are spiritually, grounded how strong is my you can have a spiritual toolbox how strong is my spiritual toolbox what scriptures are in there what prayers are in there what what um how how am i building my faith um do i am i connected with a a joy and a peace that isn't always attainable on our own here on this earth, you know? So there's that. If you're more mindful, um, Buddhist, um, any other faith, right? What's in your spiritual toolbox? Uh, do you have your mantras? Do you have your, um, you know, what are you, what are you doing to build up that that spiritual because i think that no matter where you are in life whether it's my god and the almighty all-knowing god that i believe in or it's something else that you believe in without a spiritual foundation i think it can be hard to find and build some of the other ones so i think it's important that you remember Where's the foundation? And then going from there, we have physical needs. We have uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? We have to eat, we have to sleep, we have to um, have relationships, right? I can't remember all the, are there seven of them? I think there's seven of them. Yeah, I don't have them memorized. Yeah, but I don't have them. Just the first two, because that's what I do. Yeah, because you got to eat, you got to sleep, and you got to, you know, right? Physical needs. You got to be safe. And you got to be safe, right? So, but, you know, knowing where you are in that process and, and meeting some of those needs. Um, T, any thoughts on some of what I've shared? Or Sure, sure, absolutely. So we have, you know, we have the kind of the uh, ambiguous 
tools, right, and needs and whatnot, things that kind of like Lori was talking about, just these things that are abstract and have a lot of meaning. But then we, you know, we got to look at too the the those first two rungs of the Maslow's hierarchy needs. How do you meet those needs? And and I think, um, you know, that involves, you know depends on your situation of course but it you know let's say you have a barrier of accessing food you know what are your resources what are your tools to access that food and um if if you're blessed in a way that you don't have to you know jump through a lot of hoops to get that that's not a major tool set in your in your toolbox but if you have to access food banks and and uh, food stamps and resources like that you have to know who to call you have to know who to contact and and be able to do those things in some way and then a lot of times people in that situation will also have a hard time accessing transportation a way a means to go get so those are other tools they have to access do they use the bus if there's bus available you know is there other ways of accessing that and so um the toolbox is very much tailored to each individual's needs and wants and how do we access those things um i know that um we you know in the previous episode we were talking about medical stuff um that's a again another set of tools that can be very intimidating because you have to know who to call you have to get the right answers you have to talk to this next person and that's just the the you know the pro professionals but then you have to get there and you have to do these things and we don't always know what our resources are. We don't know what tools to get. And that's where it's really important to know who to ask and what questions to ask. Um, another tool I think should be in everybody's toolbox, especially if their life is chaotic and overwhelming, is a notebook. A notebook. Because oh. it is so hard when you're under all that stress and all these things to track. Who did I talk to when? Right. What did they say? You know, what symptoms was I experiencing here or what was going on with my car here? Because that's one of the areas that I struggle with. If I've got a lot going on and I'm having to use all these tools, I don't remember what I used when sometimes. So being able to look back and say, oh, that's right. That's what I did. This is when I did it. Because I feel like a fool when I'm when they're like, well, when did you do this? I'm like, it was more than five minutes ago, lady. <laughs> I don't know. What did they say? Oh, I didn't write it down. I don't know. Somebody and, will yeah. ask me, so when did that? I'm like, sometime last month, I think. And Should then you'll find out it was a year ago or <laughs> yesterday. I mean, I'm totally like that right now. And so I recognized that I needed a way to be able to answer those questions because they're important questions. And so mm -hmm. that tool then is a notebook. That I and can, it can be an electronic write things one, down. That's what you prefer. Ab absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, so that's an important tool to have. That's universal. Anyone can do it um, for in whichever method they want. Um, you know, I, the other one is learning who to ask, you know, and, and where you're getting your information. So a great tool mm -hmm. we have at our fingertips is the internet. Most everybody... They may be without food, but they have their phone. And so, you know, when we need to know something, we get on the internet and we, you know, Google it or look it up or whatever. And, you know, it's a great tool to have, but it's also can be the wrong tool, you know, or not using it right. So for me, that's knowing what the sources are. So I can get on Google and I can type something and I can like, oh, look, there's this great video. And they say that if you eat, if you drink a cup of vinegar a day on your health, wait a minute, who's saying that? <laughs> oh, it's Joe Blow around the corner. Who's high all the time? <laughs> you know, like that. I don't know if I want to use that source. I don't think that's a tool I want to use. So. No, that's why it's so important to know what your tools are. I'm really glad that you brought that up because I know we've said it before on different podcasts, but it's just so important. You know, we've I know we've talked about this before, but it's always important to remind people. You know, when you're in the on the internet, whether you're doing 
research for a scholarly paper because you're a student or you just want to uh, understand your lab results better or you want to maybe come up with some questions for the next appointment that you're going to have. And so you want to go, you know, or simply that you're trying to connect with people. Be mindful of who you're connecting with. So you don't, you don't want to go to just the .com. And the reason I say that is because most of those are driven in the consumer, um, uh, what's the other word I'm looking for? Capitalistic world that we live in is driven by who paid the most amount of money and who was able to get there out at the top and who was able to, you know, say the most outlandish things. And then they, you know, did they cause a splash, you know, whatever. So when you're getting um, on Google, uh, whatever search engine you're on, um, any resource when you're at the library, when you're with your doctors, whatever, you do want to make sure that it's grounded. So is it government-based? Is it education-based? Is it a, a long-established institution? Is it from a medical journal rather than just, I don't know, you know, Susie Sunshine, who, like you said, you said Joe Blow around the corner, you know, is it just Susie Sunshine who, you know, it's like, oh, if you just smile every day, all your problems will go away. Yeah, right. No, that's, we've talked about that. That's toxic positivity and that's not helping you. Right. Um, you know, there's a difference between finding silver linings and being delusional. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so not really, really being um, healthily grounded. So, yeah. So to go with that, here's here's another thing, too. So I I have an advantage that in getting my degree, I took classes that helped me understand studies that helped me understand how people come to conclusions and how all of that works. And so when I see it, I can recognize like, well, that's kind of a flaw, like a lot of numbers that like to get reported are um, what's called. Um, so apparently my brain is not going to work it's almost there um correlation there we go yeah so correlation they like to report correlation numbers now correlation studies are very handy they really help us understand that there is a co-relationship there's something happening between these two items mm. however it doesn't explain causation and so sometimes you'll miss something when you just rely on correlation. I'm not going to get into all that now. I, I do love to talk about it. I have a great analogy that I heard when I was in uh, school. Um, that is a great example of that. But the average person may not have that background to see, oh, there's something going on here. Like, oh, that was a study of one person. Really, how does that generalize out to the whole population? You know, we not everybody's got that that training. So here's my best advice. If you are looking for information in the medical journals, you're just going to be so much jargon that you cannot swallow it. You don't have the time for it, et cetera, et cetera. One of the keys to look for is you can listen to that person who may not be at a dot org or dot gov or a university. So dot edu or whatever. Does is this matching with other information out there? So sometimes, mm -hmm. like I was looking up some medical stuff last night, and oftentimes I will go to the ones that aren't medical journals to start with because it's put in layman's terms. What I'm looking for is this information repeated from many sources and right. look in there. Oftentimes you can see where they got their information. Were they reporting or talking from a a medical journal, a medical study, or whatever study, you know, professional. So, and then again, like I said, is that repeated elsewhere by other sources as well? So if they're saying, for example, um, here's one, you're diagnosed with diabetes. You want to know more about it. What, can, what are things I can do that are not medication related that can help my numbers? Mm -hmm. Now, if I go and I look, I'm going to find people who are like, 
oh, if you um, drink a cup of vinegar, you know, it'll help bring your your numbers down, et cetera, and whatnot. Okay, I don't really want to drink a cup of vinegar, but what are there other people saying about it? And what are their sources? Where did they get this information? Because it's not that it's invalid. It's just it's an idea. And so I go and I look and I see other people are talking about, yeah, apple cider vinegar is, you know, and they actually cite some uh, studies that were done and, you know, and you're getting more and more information that there is something might be something to this and it's not harmful. So I might be willing to try it. Not a cup, not doing that. Just saying you can actually get it in pills. Turns out um, <laughs> I have them in gummies. See, yeah, cinnamon, another one I found. And, you know, I mentioned it to my doctors and they're kind of like, what? I'm like, all right, well, you're not in the know. <laughs> right. And that's, that's the other thing too, is like, I've had doctors and they're like, oh, really? Like, cause as Lori has alluded to in this episode and others, doctors are practicing medicine. Yep. Medicine is ever evolving. And no yep. doctor is going to know everything. Absolutely. And okay, you don't so want them to know everything. Absolutely. So, like, I I'm a trauma therapist. Right. I know a lot about trauma. Not everything. I'm still learning. It's still evolving. We're learning more and more. Yes. Um. And sometimes I get so caught up in seeing my clients that I don't always get the newest and best information because it's always evolving. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm going to know more about. PTSD. I'm going to know more about depression. I'm going to know more about anxiety because those tend to come along with trauma. However, issues like bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, um, autism, uh, although that's more of a, yeah, see, that's, that's an area, even attachment, which does show up in my clients with trauma. I don't know as much about attachment. So I have to resource out. I have to, you know, provide information from elsewhere it's not going to come directly from me but i want to make sure i give my clients the right information so you know it's yeah it's always changing so that's why you always have to be ready to um change up your tools if you need need to i think it's important to and i know we had talked about this as as we were talking about doing this episode um disclaimer here we're never going to be able to put in the links, every resource, right? Um, we can't. We can put some basics in there, but really, what we wanted to share with you more was how, in my area, do I go find these things? So, knowing that your local library is an excellent resource, knowing that churches are often an excellent resource um shelters um uh hospitals right um i knowing uh, i think in our area we have something called um is it 211 yeah i was just going to bring that up that you i think it's i can't remember if it's 211 or 411 yeah, one is for information. Two one one, I think, is for emergency services or like a list of resources. Health, yeah. yeah, right. Yes, um, schools. Schools are just magnets for resources and information. Mm-hmm. We want to teach you how to go find these things. Of course, the internet is a resource. Right. Yes. Just be mindful. Just always be, I loved what you said about how is this lining up with other things? Is this just some random thing, you know, that someone's thrown out there, you know? As entertaining as those are. Yes, they can be, you know, I guess if that really entertains you, get on TikTok, you know, and watch some videos or whatever. Um, But... I do know that you can find reliable, good information. You know, I've learned so much from EJ in that, you know, what do you got? YouTube University, you know, it is amazing. I, and I've watched my sons and other people 
go on there and be like, well, I don't know how to change this part out, but some other mechanic does. Yep. Right. I don't know. I've how used to it. Change a tire, you know? Okay. Well, somebody's got it, you know, installing something in our security system, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. And so what's many- great about those yeah. is you see them doing it. So you're not, it's, it's not yeah. like, Oh, well, do they even know what they're doing? Well, you see them doing it most right. of the time, yes. you know? Great. So that Great. helps too. So, yeah, I just, I wanted to bring that up because yeah. it was something that I didn't really know much about. And I was like, I don't know that I would have gone there, but right. this person in my life, EJ was like, no, no, no. This is like my whole university. I'm like, okay. Right. I learned, yeah. I, I learned, learned to beadwork. I know I learned how to make jewelry. I learned how to sew. I am learning how to sew. I've gotten a lot better at it, but yeah. you know, I, when I want to learn something new, that's one of the things I do. Right. Like, oh, I, I wonder. Yeah. I wonder what that looks like. Yeah, and it started out really simple, but like, so my grandmother tried to teach me this is kind of off topic, but my grandmother tried to teach me um, crocheting when I was a kid, and I never really picked it up. I learned the basics, and then I was like, I can never learn how to turn to go back, you know, to make an actual project. Um, so as I got older, I'm like, I really want to get into this, and like, so I YouTubed it, and. I've learned how to do car stuff through there. I've learned how to do web design. I've learned how to do, you know, some formatting and book editing. You know, it, you kind of have to keep up on that stuff. I mean, I've learned if there's a specific like site I need to learn how to use, I go to YouTube because there's going to be somebody that's gone through the website and walked you through how to use it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think it's a huge resource, but I will say every person on there is not necessarily an expert and you have to look at the comments of people who've made comments on the videos and if somebody is claiming that there's some like phd anyone who holds any kind of medical license or phd or anything you can look that up to verify if it's accurate and true yes i was just telling somebody my credentials for my home carry license can be viewed publicly on any washington state website yep. because that is has to be public record um and so if you're on there and you like see this person they call themselves you know like doctor or whatever and they actually aren't then you start to think okay well is this person somebody I really want to you know trust but then you start seeing do they have a lot of videos like are they do they talk about it do they talk about this do they bring in other people who may be similar experts in this field. So you have to be careful, just like with anything. Right. Well, you know how, what's an important um, factor in any research study done? Has it been peer reviewed? Yes. So I think that applies to anything. Has it been peer reviewed? That's what I'm saying. If you find something that this person's saying this, do you, can you find someone else saying the same thing? who's their sources, et cetera, et cetera. What's their degree? What's, what makes them know these things? And I really appreciate when people start off with these are opinions. I love that when people start, I'm more likely to value what they have to say. If they're straight up, these are just my opinions. This is what I've noticed because anecdotal and of evidence, that's what that is, is when we tell a story to present our evidence, but it's just, it's combined to you. It still has value. Right. But to me, it loses value if people don't start off with that and they come at me, oh, this is the facts. Well, but what right. are you basing that on? Well, one day yeah. I, you know, tripped over this and stumbled into this. And now right. I know this. It's yeah. like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. And it's true. And I, I, again, I know a lot of people use Wikipedia, but please don't. Yes. Um, Wik- and Wikipedia is a vast knowledge base, but it is editable. You can go in there with a free account and edit anything on your Wikipedia. Yes. So you could maybe find some information, but like Tina was talking about, if you find something on Wikipedia, usually if it's referenced, you can go to the site that's directly referencing where that information came from and use that as your source, not as the Wikipedia page. Um, you So again, and like Tina was talking about peer reviews, that's what comments are for. The comments are a great source of peer review. 
I've gone through videos and I've scrolled through comments just to see how many people like and comment on like, oh yeah, this worked great for me. Oh yeah, this worked. Oh yeah, I do this all the time. That's telling me, okay, this person actually is doing something correct. Mm -hmm. Whereas I've also gone to websites and, and um, videos and they, they're like, yeah, this didn't work for me. I had the problems with this. This doesn't work. Oh, you, there's just, you know. And that's why in a research paper, there's a section called methods. They yes. ha You have to literally like spell it out how you did that research, what exactly happened during that research. So it can be peer reviewed. So it can be repeated. And that's right. what those comments are saying is like, yeah, I did what you said, exactly how you explained it. And this is, it worked for me, or I had to do, I see this in recipes. I tried your recipe. It didn't come out the way you said it would. So I did this different and then it worked. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, that's kind of mm -hmm. a, another way of looking at what peer review means. Yeah. Another place I um, encourage you guys to like research for anything, whether it's for self-care, for health, for medical hospitals, most major hospitals like the Mayo Clinic, John Hopkins, mm -hmm. Cleveland, Cleveland Clinic. Yep. Those are all well-respected, well-recognized, well-certified clinics, um, hospitals, that churn out doctors left and right. And they usually have archives and resources available um, with accurate information. Some can be very medically heavy jargon. So you kind of have to take give and take on that. But usually with a good dictionary, you can pretty much get to understand what it's saying. Um, and also like for financial help, Another hospitals are a really good resource, especially for medical stuff. If, and clinics too, you know, doctor's clinics, if you really need to have a procedure done and you don't have either the medical or you don't have the coverage for it, there's usually some sort of resources. Um, whether it's partial financial aid, it's aid through a separate program, um, I, like I was talking about in the last episode, I had a surgery basically fully covered in a time when I was unemployed and really didn't have medical and the medical I was having didn't cover it all because of financial aid. Um, yeah, so it's important uh, and it's important to talk and be not to be afraid to ask the questions and be afraid to be open about your situation. Um, yeah. I was trying to remember, I can't remember if it was this episode or the previous one, but I'm pretty sure it was the previous one. One of the biggest things you can do to help yourself is be willing to speak up, be willing to ask, and then be willing to take in and process whatever information you're given, um, but really just asking, you know, I was sharing, I think it was this last week, I was sharing in a Bible study group I was in and I, I'd kind of forgotten, you know, something. And I, I reminded all the ladies in the group, I'm like, you know what I needed to be reminded of this week was that sometimes God's just waiting for me to ask. And when I don't ask, he's like, okay, well, I'm just going to sit over here. And when you're ready to acknowledge me and realize that I can help you in this, you know, but the same thing goes for our loved ones, for our counselors, for our doctors, for anybody involved in our lives. We're not mind readers. I, 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 I just, we don't know. And sometimes some of us are really good at putting on the masks and acting like it's all okay and more often than not we're the ones dying underneath and just we're scared we just need help and but we haven't asked and we haven't you know and that's why I created this you know with you ladies that's why we created this podcast because I wanted to get behind the mask get behind all the things that inhibit us and T, you've said it before. It's not that all masks are bad, but when they are hindering us, 
when they are stopping us, when they are hurting us. And we need to be able to get behind them, take them off, let them go, use the masks that are good, that are helping, you know, the, those tools, you know. Um, so the so mask is, can be a tool? Yes. Yes. Oh, I like that. Yes, a mask can be a tool. Yes. So how could it be a tool? Well, it's because sometimes we have to just get through something and we can't be, um, it's a, it can become a version of our authentic self. It's just not the authentic self. Like, you know, I may not like certain things, but I may have to pick my, my battles. So I might have to put on a mask of, I'm okay with this <laughs> just to get through. Right. So a lot of times the masks that we put on that are usually acceptable are social masks, you know, like to be able to get through social situations and whatnot. Right. Um, the meat counter, as we've said, or at the checkout line, she yeah. really doesn't need to hear the 50 million things that you went through today. She's when they say, saying, how's your day going? Your you're day? like, how much do you want to know? How much time do you have? <laughs> you know, it's so funny because a lot one of the new responses that I've come up with is all things considered, I'm doing pretty good, or I'm actually a little overwhelmed or, you know, but I, I'll say all things considered, because I want to identify that you're asking me this in the moment and I'm currently upright and breathing doesn't necessarily mean I'm, I use tone I'm a lot. Good. Yes, tone. I, so body language. I, I was using I was using the phrase "living the dream" until I found out someone I do not respect and do not like at all used it all the time, and I'm Ooh, like, "Yeah, that's a tough one." I'm not using that anymore, but you know, but I'd use "living the dream" and just imply it with a tone, you know, like a chipper, <laughs> like it really is a good day, or yeah, you don't want to know. <laughs> you know, let's just. Uh, we're looking forward to tomorrow. It's a new day. Right. <laughs> well, and yeah. I I feel like that's important to to acknowledge is that oh I used to hear this phrase, don't say fine, because it means effed up neuro insecure, neurotic, and emotional. And I know that it's kind of a flippant joke response, but sometimes we just have to say that to get through today yeah because our because we because we may have a toolbox everyone does but it just might be full today or it might be the lock might be needing to be picked tomorrow you know um or i've just got the jack under the car that's all i could do today right so yeah. it's precarious don't sit in that car right now because it's, yeah. it's or, on a yeah. jack yeah the tires sometimes i just far. need a good night's sleep so I can actually access it properly. Or, or sometimes, you know, simple. Sometimes it's just nanya. It's nanya right? business. Nanya business. Right. Or I'm hangry. I'm hungry. Yeah. I haven't met one of those Maslow's hierarchy needs. And I, I just, or I'm not safe. Sometimes that's when I think a mask could be good too. Mm -hmm. If you're in a not safe thing, I know for a fact I had to wear certain masks. Yeah. Simply out of a need for survival. Yep. Protection. So I wasn't in a It's one of those situations where the mask was a tool. The mask was a tool and it actually helped. But when the mask gets stuck and then we don't know how to get out of it, well, then that's a whole nother right. episode. But yeah, well, why I this was... podcast was created, you know, is to talk about because not all masks are bad. Right. <laughs> So one of the, some of the things you were talking a little bit ago, Lori, I wanted to follow up with, and that's, um, I was thinking about my, my current situation with the, the whole diabetes things. And, and uh, so when I first went to the doctor, uh, back in August, was that August? Oh, it was, <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, they immediately just wanted to put me on this medication and, and, you know, they talked to me about some stuff and. Um, and the situation didn't get addressed really until I went to a new doctor 
And I went into the new doctor and I was really, really impressed with how well she handled it. And the, the, this particular clinic has a pharmacy in it and how hard they worked to get me on this one medication that would work better. And, um, you know, and then there's this medication that's extremely expensive that the previous uh, healthcare provider had had so, talked about, you know, and she had mentioned you have such great insurance, but I was still paying half of that, you know, with that great insurance and it was going to be cost prohibitive and whatnot. So, um, and I was really impressed with the new doctor and how quickly she was like, oh, they should never have done this. And they should have really stayed on you more because this is really serious. You're in a very serious situation right now. And, yeah. and, yada, yada. and I gave her in this clinic all this credit and recently i reflected and i'm like wait a minute yeah though they deserve credit but the other clinic doesn't necessarily not deserve any credit either because there was another factor in the situation that we have to be aware of and that was me they said the word diabetes i immediately i'm not doing it i'm not doing the medication i'm gonna do this with diet do not talk to me about insulin. I think they said that. I literally said that. Do not talk to me about insulin. I will not be doing it. I don't know why. That's a something to explore later. Anyway, um, and then they told me what the cost of that expensive medication would be. And I'm like, nope, I can't afford it. And I was done. I was done. So I spent the next several months just, you know, trying to deal with diet. I did try the one medication, but the side effects were impacting my work. And so I was like, I'm stuck and I couldn't afford it. That was the other thing. I couldn't afford that medication either. So it's like, I'll just do it with diet. Well, the clinic that I'm at now is actually right next to door to my work. It's brand new. And my attitude changed. I was like, I can, what if I go over there and get a team on my side? What if I start exploring the options and really give it the attention it deserves because my diet's not working. Dressing with my diet's not working. And there's things that are happening that are kind of scary. So it scared me enough to motivate me because I am an avoider when it comes to medical stuff. I'm like, I'll go once, have great intentions, and then not go back. So how can I blame that first clinic when I didn't give them a chance and I did not communicate with them? This new clinic, I gave her a chance and I'm communicating and I'm doing my homework too. And that's how I got the, they worked really hard to get that medication, the the really good one down at a cost that was more affordable. And then I did my part of it and I went directly to the website of the medication and they offered a coupon that got my copay down even more because I chose I checked my attitude at the door, (laughs) (laughs) which is something that's kind of interesting because I don't do that very well sometimes, but I checked my attitude at the door and I engaged. I had to have the right motivation to do it. So happy that you said that because I, it's kind of one of the things I talk about a lot more often than not. Again, there are resources, there are tools, there are things, right? But more often than not, the biggest thing that we need to change or modify or adapt is our view, our perspective, our attitude, our heart. If we start internally first, the other stuff seems to flow. It's you have to why, choose to open that toolbox. And it, it's why self-care is so important. I did not know that. I never got the concept of putting on my own oxygen mask first. I didn't get it. It took me a long time to get that. But now that I've got it, I'm going to talk about it forever because it is so important. We have to do that. Spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically. We have to get these things centered, grounded, focused first. Then the rest flows after. 
And just because I can't help but share faith-wise, it's the same thing spiritually. When we're focused on the cross, when we're focused on bringing God glory, when we're focused on that, we are promised that everything else will follow after. And I think that it's really a good metaphor for all of life. All of life. Glad we said that. Um, so we'll make sure that some of the links that we talked about or some of the different resources we'll put in, or I'll get in the um, description with the, along with our, our normal stuff that you see in there. Um, and if you see or hear of any other resources that you think are important, don't be afraid to comment on the, um, the video itself or the reach out to us and let us know because we can include that in future resources and stuff. Um, There's please. two that I'm going to be sending to EJ to put in there. Um, there are two links that will take you to mental health uh, related stuff. And uh, one, it's going to say therapist aid. And yes, us therapists will go there and download worksheets, et cetera, et cetera. Um, if we think it's useful for our clients, but I think it's even more useful for people to be able to go to and access because there's a lot of knowledge and, and little work and activities you can do for yourself. And when you're choosing it for yourself, it's a lot better than your therapist shoving it in your face saying, Hey, or do this as homework. Um, and then the other one is out of Australia. They have a lot of quote unquote, what they call modules. And, um, it's been a while since I've been on there, but they'll have things for like, um, how to help with depression, how to, you know, things to do for your depression, eating disorders, et cetera. Um, and I've used, had clients work on them before and they're very, very useful and very knowledgeable. So good resources. And never forget to, uh, and every area has these, there are national ones, there are local ones, but you do have crisis hotlines. You have, you know, your local agencies, well, even your national ones, um, for vets, for trauma, for domestic violence, for anything there. You, you got your YWCAs, you've got, there are so many resources available. And what they're gonna have too, that's really valuable is resources. So like for our agency, we're the crisis agency in our area. We also have county mental, mental health as well for other aspects of it. Um, so they take care of like when people, if they're suicidal, that they're the number to call. But when you've just experienced like domestic violence or whatever, we have a helpline. As a matter of fact, I'm on, I'm on backup today. Anyway, um, but we have packets that we can refer to for resources not only in our area but let's say in the next county over state national so we have those available to us so even if it's something we can't do directly we we might be able to get you to the next person or do that for you and kind of walk alongside you while you're doing it type mm -hmm. thing so making those calls even if they don't have it they can help get you to the next spot because they're going to have that information available to them right just a friendly reminder that anything discussed in this podcast is not to be used as a diagnosis or replacement for conversations with your own doctors, therapists, psychologists, or other medical professionals. We say that every time because we want you to understand and be reminded that this is our opinions, our thoughts, experiences that we've had, and you know your body, your doctor knows your body, and the other medical professionals in your life are going to have a better hand on how to help you. Um, but we can definitely point you in a, a direction depending on our experiences and something similar. Um, we just want to make sure that you guys understand that. Um, and this is a really good episode to talk about that because we talk about self-care a lot in different pieces. Um, and your doctors are going to be very supportive of your self-care because they want to make sure that you are, um, taking care of yourself and putting your own oxygen mask on first. Um, this episode is on YouTube and most major podcast platforms. Don't forget to subscribe so you can keep up um, to date on all of our new episodes. Um, and we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and threads as Behind the Mask PC. You can also email behindthemaskpc at gmail.com to send any kind of ideas or future feedback or even ideas or fellow 
resources to us. Um, to find us online, links will be in the description box along with all the resources that we kind of touched on today. And on behalf of ladies and myself, thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.